0: the creators who brought you Paul's Drag Race, the million-dollar listing,
1: this is World of Wonders' WOW Report, things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the WOW Report, where we count down the top 10 topics of the week that make us go wow. Wow. Co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, here, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell, and the editor of the WOW Report, the one and only James St. James. Woo! We also have an extra special guest joining us this week. So um, until he arrives, oh, i given a clue away. Until he arrives, let's get on with the countdown. Number 10, Tom.
2: Number 10. This week was about the Oscar nominations. Lots of snubs, lots of good news, and a little bit of cursory was made because for the first time, two Openly gay women were nominated. Kristen Stewart for Spencer and Ariana DeBose DeBose for West Side Story. Because I don't know how to pronounce names yet, but I will. And that was good news. The topic that's really in the gay verse is the Lady Gaga snub. And who we should blame. Um, Lady Gaga gave an intense... (laughs) <laughs> an intense performance no to I'm, play play, but but
3: herself. <laughs> I'm just saying
2: it's out there I just thought that the press immediately seized on like a picture of Lady Gaga next to and this is the really exciting news especially for Randy and Fenton and World of Wonder and all the producers of the Eyes of Tammy Faye Jessica Chastain who gave an amazing performance in a movie that has been really well received but in this weird COVID time I feel like less people have seen it than they should but I think this Oscar nomination will help people go well, out it and is, see
0: like it. I said it is now on Hulu so I have a feeling that it's going to be getting a lot more attention the eyes Prison of the Tammy Faye is on I Hulu. Can't remember
2: because truth be told there are so few of these movies that I have seen and now I feel like now I have a directive with the nominations of what I need to uh, go out and watch but Jessica Chastain is in there um in that best actress and they're kind of blaming either Kristen Stewart who was who had been snubbed in other uh, nominations or they're blaming Jessica Chastain, who had been snubbed. Okay, okay.
0: Can, can I just, can I, can I break in very quickly here? Because there, yes. there are two reasons that this happened, okay? Number one is, I'm sorry, but she went she she went a little berserk on her press tour, and she was came off as thirsty and desperate, and the Academy doesn't like that. She was trying too hard. I'm just ipso facto. That is, that is, uh, it, it happened. Okay. It, it happened. The other reason is that she was Hillary Clinton. I've seen this on, on Twitter where people were so sure that she was going to get in that people did put their, put their vote towards someone else thinking that there was no way Gaga wasn't going to. And so that, that sort, it was sort of like when Betty Davis and Gloria Swanson split the 1950 Oscars and it went to Judy holiday, you know? So everyone was so sure about Gaga that, that, too short. But having said that, the memes are absolutely hysterical with there's like blood splattered walls, and it's like this is Gaga's house today, or like someone said there was a big earthquake in Los Angeles, and it's because Gaga just woke up to found out to find out what it was. Um, I do wanted to say that a couple other um snubs that uh, were pretty big was Jennifer Hudson not getting nominated for the Aretha Franklin and Ruth Nega not getting it for passing. She was absolutely spectacular in passing. If you haven't seen it, get a chance to watch that. Also, Kate Blanchett did not get it for Nightmare Alley, which I thought is a shame. And Bradley Cooper didn't get it for Nightmare Alley either. And I thought that was the best role he's ever had. So as long as Cody Smith-McPhee wins in Power of the Dog, I'm happy. I, that is the best performance of the year. By, or no.
2: <laughs> the only thing I will say is let's also not forget, with all due respect... The Academy Awards are usually wrong. So um it's just a fun thing to play along
1: with and to play like uh like backseat well, you know, bingo with. I think the Academy Awards are always the one thing that always is, is engaging. I mean people just kick off about it. This all that. It's it, it's very much like don't look up. People just like <laughs> I just engaged algorithmically compelled to the the one thing is we, we don't have Gaga this year, but we
0: might have Billie Eilish performing this performing on stage and Beyonce might too, because
2: they're both nominated
0: her best song so i'm
2: gonna end, end with this holland taylor tweeted just recently that she, that lady gaga was capital letters that woman the entire movie so she has she, her her performance is very divisive but there are huge supporters and and all of us west west make the meatballs <laughs> all of west hollywood is dark in, in, in mourning of of Lady Gaga's <laughs> yeah. lack of lack of well
1: I am just very excited for Jessica Chastain. Congratulations Jessica you you know she worked for ten years to make this movie a reality based on our documentary The Eyes of Tammy Faye and she did a fantastic job and I think Tammy Faye is a national treasure and a really important figure to have had a film made about her, really. And um so just good luck Jessica. Um yeah. you know she gets my vote. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Counting down top 10 things that made us go wow. Number nine. Number nine. Murderville on Netflix.
0: And I am saying wow, because wow, this is the worst show in the history of television. Going back to 1943, you will never find a worse show Ever in the history it is just is unbelievably bad it is based on a bbc3 show called uh murder in successville i don't know if you remember this Benton. um it's it stars will arnett as um uh captain detective terry seattle and each episode has a different celebrity guest star and the celebrity guest star doesn't know anything about the show Okay, beforehand, they are just thrown in and they have to improvise every single thing. The entire show is improvised and there's a murder every episode and they have to figure out the murder and they have to sort of improvise it. And it sounds like an absolutely adorable idea. It sounds like it could
2: work. Is it kind of like dinner theater when you like go and people die and you have to walk around? Kind
0: of, kind of. And it, it, like I said, there's it's a different murder every time, and that it depends on the celebrity because some celebrities are more game than others. Uh, the first episode is um Conan O'Brien, and you think that Conan is going to kill it, and he's very game and he's having a lot of fun, but it's just it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Sharon Stone is not having fun and she is not game and she, you get the feeling that she's going to fire her man, her like agent. The minute she gets offset because she answers in one word, no, yes, completely straight face. You know, th- there's the rule in improv that you never say no. It's always, yes. She says no every single time and just shuts it down. Just, she is just angry, cross-armed. She's furious that she's there. Um, I also watched the, Kumal Nanjani. Uh he's 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 the best one. He's he's very good, he's very funny. I might stick around for Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek. I only watched three episodes. I and it was it was like teeth pulling watching. Is it is me. it
1: a reality show or a drama? I'm, I'm not It's a drama,
0: but it's 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 supposed to be like a comedy detective show where they but they they just improvise like you know, I mean, no, it's they don't really go into murder cases and let Conan O'Brien and Sharon Stone solve murders. Then no.
1: Well, I meant by reality, I meant unscripted. I suppose. I mean, that's no, it's, what... it's unscripted in that it's improv. Yes. Does but... the celebrity know that they've entered an an, an improv surprise well, I murder? Think I a... think
0: they're told they're doing a show, and but they aren't told what the show is about. And then they're dressed up in this little police detective uniform and shoved on stage. And you see them walk on and like look around and like then they see Will Ar- Will Arnett, and they I don't even think they knew that it was Will Arnett. You know, I they I think they were just told that they were doing this improv. And so they come on stage they come on and just start going and sometimes it's funny and sometimes
1: it is just Now, painful. are people who hate watching it in the manner of the Sex and the City sequel? Is that what's happening? Well, I see, I hate improv anyway. If you take me to a night at the improv theater, I,
0: it's like it is painful to me. So if you like improv, you might enjoy this. I didn't see one person on IMDb who enjoyed it. So I don't think people are are
2: hate watching it with, with some love. people love. refer to improv as the I word to see that.
1: Yes. So Murderville, please just wow. <laughs>
2: Dead on arrival. <laughs>
1: All right. That's good. Um 10-9. Number eight. Number eight. I have not read a single good review for this movie that I saw. I saw Moonfall. Um yeah. Roland Emmerich's latest, uh, you know, Roland Emmerich, the, the, the creator, writer, director of Independence Day, Universal Soldier, one of my favorites, by the way, Univ- love Universal Soldier, The Day After Tomorrow, God's. I love Day After Tomorrow. That's so good. Yeah. And he's made a good old fashioned disaster movie called Moonfall. And the premise is that for reasons the that get revealed. The moon is going to fall
0: onto the earth.
1: The moon moves out of its orbit and comes closer and closer with cataclysmic results, you know, tidal surges. But the best bit is as the moon enters the earth's atmosphere, the rocks start getting sucked off the moon by gravity. So the whole thing is, oops, I'm so excited. I'm going (laughs) to pull my glasses off. Rocks are flying everywhere. You know, it's, it's a great end of the world scenario. And I'm sure all the reviews are just hideous and negative and it's a good film. Who this the, is a, the if you think Don't Look Up is a good film. If you think for a second that Don't Look Up deserves best picture, how it ever got nominated. Netflix must have paid some ungodly amount of money to the Academy and I want to know where my piece of that money is cuz I'm in the Academy and I haven't seen it. But this is a good movie. It's better than Don't Look Up. I mean, if you Ooh, want to engage people about I,
0: All I know is that um, that the guy from Game
1: of Thrones is in
0: it. He's the scientist. Who else?
1: Yes. Um, um, well, okay. There's, um, there's Halle Berry is the is one of the astronauts. There's uh, oh, him. She's the curse
0: right there. She's
1: the reason why it's getting bad reviews. Um, and, and then she, uh, Patrick Wilson is her sort of mate, paired uh, as co-astronaut and they, you know, fractured love affair, right? And they both yeah. got Broken marriages on earth, but you can tell they're supposed to be an item, and so there's that. And then the third wheel in this is a British guy, Casey Houseman, his, his character played by John Bradley, and Who he's a Game Cons- of Thrones. Yes, he's a conspiracy theorist guy, and he believes the moon is hollow, and <laughs> that might be difficult for some people, you know, believing that we're in a slightly toxic fake news environment, which which we probably are, but. His idea that the moon is hollow it actually turns out to be pivotal to the plot and how it is that um, the moon comes to um, careen towards Earth with potentially cataclysmic results. But you know, disaster movies—they have certain things going on. They have you know characters in conflict and then some kind of impending disaster, fantastic special effects. Right? Well, That's what did, you- Are
0: we a little are, are we tired of end of the world scenarios?
1: It felt like comfort food. I thought... See,
2: when I want an (laughs) end-of-the-world story... Fenton is
1: comforted by the the (laughs) end-of-the-world. When
2: I want an end-of-the-world story, I just read the New York Times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why these end-of-the-world movies work, because they're end-of-the-world, but not really. Because you know, when you watch an end-of-the-world disaster movie, the movie, the world is not going to end. And that's why uh, Don't Look Up is such a misanthropic piece of rubbish, because it does end. Um, But... (laughs) This, alert, right, left yeah. here. <laughs> Wait, is this something you can see in the theater? Yes, it's in theaters now. And Roland Emmerich, um, because of, because of the Omicron, um, they had the premiere, and, and instead of a big fuck off party, he he did it back to mine. They did a big, they did the party at his house, which I thought was amazing. Nice. The director opened his house for a big party afterwards. So Moonfall in theaters now. I. I think it's a really good film. All right. And from now on, all your part all your premieres will be at your house. <laughs> back to mine. Um, getting curious with Jonathan Van Ness streaming now on Netflix, binge your heart out. Fantastic series of episodes in which he explores all the different things that fascinate him. And he is insatiably fascinated by so many things. Um, we'll be right back after the break. <laughs> You're listening to World of Wonders' Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey, welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Jane St. James and Tom Campbell. We're counting down top 10 things that made us go wow. This week, we've reached number seven, Tom.
2: Number seven.
1: We do a lot of
2: rest and perfections about wonderful people and show business who have come and left us on this earth. I am going on rest in perfection this week for entertainment weekly the magazine what
3: what what are you saying
2: yeah barry Diller's iac conglomeration took over whoever owns you know all of entertainment weekly and people and health and style and many 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 of the print magazines are going out of business they said that they of them six of them
0: real quick and i just want to say that not only is it entertainment weekly but it's also in style is
2: not go is gone too so it's entertainment weekly, health, in-style, parents, people in Espanol, and eating well. Now, here's the maybe good news, which is you know, Barry Diller, whose company IAC bought them, said, We bought the brands. These are really strong brands, and they will continue to put all their resources into their digital platforms, which I have to say kind of makes sense. When's the last time you read an Entertainment Weekly magazine?
0: I'll tell you something though. Um, I do buy magazines before I get on the plane. It's just something that I love to do. I love to go to the store and get like a big stack.
2: And when's the last time you've been on a plane?
0: Well, okay, there you go. I do go to the newsstand every week though and I do I get yeah. I get well I get my soap opera weekly, my soap opera digest, and I get um I will get another magazine. I get two magazines every week.
2: I say it because I'm ultimately very sad because you know, and it's nostalgia, but it's hard to explain to young people. I don't read magazines anymore. I want a bright lit scene for my bad eyes when I read stuff. But it's hard to tell young people how exciting Entertainment Weekly was when it launched
0: in the '90s. It was um, it really was. It was your bible. Like you could not go without your, you know, Owen
2: Gleiberman and you you know and the target on the back with a pop culture yes. target and 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 not only seeing it but being producers of television hoping you made the target in some way you know and then you they, made it then they did the top, they did like a top 10 weekly you yeah. know wow list every week yeah it was a must-have magazine and I think of other like spy magazine just just it's it's or vanity Fair how that used to be this little like social Bible you'd carry with you and read all month getting yeah, your interview
0: um, magazine yes. yes oh my god
2: that it's the end of an era and it made Makes sense. I only hope that you know how how LPs and vinyl out of out of business, and then they come back. Who knows what might float back in the hipster land? But magazine, the magazine business, as we know it, the printed magazine business, at least as it pertains to Entertainment Weekly and these other titles we talked about, are no longer. So, well, you know, protection. he said, you know, he,
0: the the VP said. um today that uh for now people was safe people magazine was safe but i have a feeling people was going to be a tick tock by the end of the year i just i <laughs> don't think that magazines have a chance it's no more chance of that anymore
1: well, that's it's so right for entertainment weekly came out of people didn't it it was a spin-off yeah. launch from people magazine and you kind of wonder what took them so long because i you know Entertainment has been the lifeblood of American culture for so long. And it was like, it was People Magazine. And out of that, out of that came Entertainment Weekly. I, I'm you sorry. Know, to it you it is
0: funny, though, because the problem with Entertainment Weekly and magazines like it, the big problem for me is not that magazines are dying, but that by the time it comes out, it's been seven days of it already being on the Internet. You know, I mean, there's no way to break a story anymore without it already with every single th- piece that's in a magazine has already been shown on the internet somewhere.
1: Everything used to be programmed. So it wasn't a a kind of weekly thing where you'd have to wait for a week, but now everything's streaming right now, immediately, as you say, everything's out of date the moment it's in print. But I think you're right that print will return as a sort of fetish collector's artifact kind of thing, you know, and you'll get bespoke limited edition type magazines.
0: Well, it, the same thing happened with books when uh, 20 years ago they said that, um, you know, the independent bookstores were being put out of business by Barnes and Noble. And then later, Barnes and Noble was being put out of business by Kindle or whatever. But they're both still thriving. You know, I mean, they both – nobody has ever given up books. And even the, even though they, they say that, the, the you know, it's a death knell or the biz industry is gone, people will always want it. I think people will like magazines. Hmm. Agreed. All right. Number six. James.
1: Number six.
0: Two new television shows, new ish shows on network TV. And I don't watch a lot of network TV. We've talked about this. Um, but I've been watching Abbott Elementary and American Auto. Abbott Elementary is on um, ABC, I think. And it um, stars Quinta Brunson, who was the Black Lady sketch comedy show. It also stars um, Tyler James William, who was. Chris rock on everybody hates Chris, the young kid. And now he's grown up and he's very handsome. He's very funny. And Cheryl Lee Ralph is in it. And she's so fantastic. It's a group of teachers at the worst elementary school in the country, underfunded South Philadelphia. And they're trying their damnedest to, to be good teachers and everything like that. And it's, sort of like Modern Family or The Office or Parks and Rec where it's that sort of shaky camera and they're being interviewed type thing. It's been done to death. But this is getting a lot of love on social media. People love Abbott Elementary. They're saying it's the, the antidote to euphoria. Um, things. The other one, though, is um, on NBC. It's American Auto. And I had no interest in it. I don't care about automobiles. I don't care about factories. Nothing. But it's Anna Gasteyer, from, who we love from Saturday Night Live. And this is hysterical. It's the people who did Superstore. And I found myself giggling uncontrollably and laughing, just gut-busting, gut, gut busting, like laughing. It is so funny, so offbeat. It is like the, the, the characters are just crazy. There's a really hot guy on that one, um, Ty White. <laughs> oh my God. He keeps me going back for more. Um, but I've watched a bunch of episodes of that. And it's something like, it's not musty TV. Not neither of these are must TV. But like once they're in syndication, it'll be like Two Broke Girls or you know like something like that, where you can just watch it and not really you know turn it on. I
2: call that comfort food TV, where yes, it just feels it, it it just is. sort of hits the spot.
0: And it's it's because the characters are so likable in both of them that it's I I just I have really high hopes for both of these shows. I think everybody should give it a shot. Just give them a shot.
1: That's awesome. All right. American Auto, uh, NBC Tuesdays uh, at 8 p.m. Abbott Elementary, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on ABC. And, of course, they are available back episodes on their relative streaming networks. And (laughs) on Hulu, it's where I've been watching them. Oh, great. Awesome. Number five. Number five. Four days before Moonfall came out, another movie called Moon Crash came out. This movie... (laughs) This movie, which is streaming on Voodoo, was not made for $150 million. <laughs> it's probably made for a dollar fifty. <laughs> and the story is: I mean, obviously there's a trend alert here of, of, of hijinks and shenanigans with the moon, but basically a mining company. And what I love about this movie is just get straight to it. First shot, we're on the moon. They're mining on the moon. And the person saying, um, we've got fractures all over the moon, and the person saying, 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 we've got to get our bonus. We're running out of time. Quick, set it to full throttle. And The <laughs> laser gun to full throttle, and a huge piece of the moon breaks off, goes off through space towards Earth. So Earth and everyone is about to die. It's kind of like similar to Moonfall, Moon Crash. But what is so great about this movie? I, 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 I don't know. I, it, they start off in an observatory and the immediately asteroids start hitting them and it turns out the the observatory is built on a dormant volcano
0: <laughs> of course
1: so the it. asteroids hit and suddenly the volcano's active so <laughs> and then a giant shark comes along so they <laughs> like, flee they flee the observatory and i tell you most of the movie <laughs> takes place i just in the desert by a payphone, and the the guy and the girl are romantically exes, unlinked, you know, conflict, broken-up relationship being rekindled. They're in the desert by a payphone because the networks have all been knocked out, and the only thing that works is a payphone. <laughs> and she is carrying a portable telescope that looks like it's been taken from her kid's bedroom, and she's looking at the moon and saying, oh, I can see them. They're trying to get back to the spaceship. <laughs> And then every now and then there's an earthquake because, you know, um, I think the presence of the asteroids is stimulating seismic activity so that every now and or- then they all fall to the ground. Then the two of them get it's like waiting for Godot. It is genius. It is. <laughs> and they have face masks of toxic gases, which is always great because they gasp out a line. Oh, we got to get to the teleporter. <laughs> you know, that's, that's- I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Well, I love that you're a completist with these, with these
0: moon movies.
1: I have to ask you, I have
2: to ask you, do you have a Google alert for moon movies? How do you <laughs> find out about all well, these moon movies?
1: Well, you know, now that we're living in the age of the algorithm, if you search moonfall or moon crash, it'll say, you know, you may also like moon meteor or moon this. <laughs> and I did that moon meteor is another one um, that I've yet to watch. But um, this this also stars Jeremy London, Tyler Christopher, and Jameson oh. Jones. Who how, were is, all... how does Jeremy London look? I used to well, love him. Um, um, they haven't. <laughs> twinks no more is all I will say. But it was um, Jason and Jeremy, right? They were twins. They're acting gorgeously and giving it all they've got. Um, and then I learned it's directed by um, Noah Luke. And I was like, Noah Luke, that sounds familiar. He is a cameraman on the documentary "Explant," oh. Michelle Visage's breast implant oh, documentary. No. He shot large chunks of it and also Backyard Astronauts. He shot large pieces of that. So congratulations now on directing this movie. He made a little go a very long way. And it is really, I, I just love it. I mean, love a, love a disastrous disaster movie, you know, and that is, that is said with true love. Um, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to WOW Report. I'm Fenton here with James St. James and Tom Campbell and Blake. Number four, Tom. Number four. I feel like I talk about
2: this person maybe too much,
3: but I'm There's blown another. away
2: constantly because Kim Kardashian who should be after 15 years waning She should be in a con she's hotter than ever. And I, I, you know, she's in the cover of Vogue magazine by herself. Remember her first cover was with Kanye. So this is that she's been solo since, but this is her first burst of like, I am Kim. I am by myself. Um, there's been the tease of the new Kardashian Hulu series weeks after the the, the E1 ended. And it just looks so good. And I'm, and I am looking forward to it. And then there's all the Kanye drama, which is Kanye's got the weird girlfriend and they dress together in the denim and the eye makeup, but that, you know, he's been attacking attacking Kim online and she's like enough of it. And her narrative on the show and in life is I'm 40 now. It's the me decade. And you have to know that all of her fans for the past 15 years are all entering into their me decade where I'm sick of pleasing other people. I'm going to please myself. And if my divorce came from that, so be it. And then the last thing is, is that as we knew would happen, Northwest, and one of the things she's arguing with uh, Kanye about, is that Northwest is on Snapchat. Uh, 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 and, uh, And TikTok, excuse me. TikTok, which means... Which means there's just there's just more Kardashians coming. There's more. there's more. They're bigger. they're, tr- they're the trouble with triples. And I will say, who other than and James will be good, who other than Elizabeth Taylor has had this kind of a, a, a run? And the last one would be Lucille Ball, who went from hit show to hit show to hit show. That, I, I'm just I'm just I think we're not can I. I just want to add thing.
1: one more thing to 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 your list, Tom. Um, I just read recently that her company of Spanxware... wear is worth what 2.5 billion dollars because investors are just flooding in is that right now i i want to say
0: that without a doubt i love kim kardashian and i think the world of her she is a workhorse it like ann miller she is like she is (laughs) non-stop okay she and she loves her family she's beautiful she's smart as a whip i love the legal work she's doing all of that is, I, I, without a doubt, there's no, I don't have anything bad to say about her, but I will say that the headline of. Kim Kardashian thinks it's finally time to pay attention to herself. Kim, Kim Kardashian finally says it's it's me time. I know. It, I thought that was. It, it was very hard. For, I wrote about it today on the Wild Report. And I was it was very hard for me not to be snarky and put in some sort of unironically says or some sort of like finally. And I just did it very straight. But it is very funny that she's finally But you can paying attention that's, to The
2: beauty of the Kardashians is they are a brand that can be parodied and it withstands. It can be believed and it withstands. It's an amazing brand. And I know I'm saying nothing new, but I think we talk about, you know, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Tesla guy and Jeff Bezos. No, 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 no. Kim Kardashian is the future. We live in Kim Kardashian's world. There, I said it.
1: But, but, but yes, I mean, it, the idea that it's me time because it hasn't been her time for the last 20 years. Poor Kim has been so... She's been like Florence Nightingale on the front behind the World She has raised
2: four children. Two. She has been through some bad relationships, most recently Kanye that she put up with and tried to make heal. She has her whole family, to a certain degree, relying I'm, on I'm her. not and arguing now... any of that. It is funny, though, that if someone as narcissistic
0: as a Kardashian would say... <laughs> But, but god lover god lover
1: all right uh, number 3 number 3 i went on
0: a raymond navarro kick on turner classic movies the other week i raymond navarro of course was one of the most handsome men ever to be on the gold, on the silver screen he was a silent movie star basically from 1922 his career sort of petered out in 1934 35 so he was in the talkies a little bit but he was, after Rudolph Valentino died, he was the Hollywood's go-to for swarthy, lusty, you know, uh, leading men. And he was Mexican-American, and because in Hollywood, that means that if you need an Arab, you need an Egyptian, you need an Italian, you need a, a Moroccan. Like, he played every single thing that could be imagined. And it, I watched this one called um, uh, Mata, Mata Hari with Greta Garbo and it's a talkie and he plays a russian soldier and he doesn't even try to have a russian accent he has like a mexican accent it's so funny but he's so beautiful i mean like in Mata Hari, he actually steals the screen he's actually steals scenes from greta garbo cuz you're watching him the whole time he's more beautiful than greta garbo it's just unbelievable but the funny thing is is that he's got gay face like Really, I thought he, really, James, I thought he was gay, he I is thought, gay, and that's just the um, thing. But um, in the 20s and 30s, people weren't didn't have gaydar, or they didn't know that the, the, the swishy little queen on stage was gay because he was always playing these, you know, these Lotharios. And it's so funny because he's sort of lispy, he's very effeminate, he's a pretty, pretty boy, he's a twink, is what he is. He's, he's a pretty, pretty, pretty twink, and um, you know, he afterwards at his um, uh after his career sort of ended, he still stuck around and he was like on, you know, bonanza and and like he did television in the fifties and sixties until his untimely death. And Tom, you know where I'm going with this. Don't you? The very famous story about how he died that we'd all heard growing up was he um, hired two hustlers to come to his home and uh, they were brothers and they tied him up and tortured him for like eight, Hours just, I mean, terrible. While they were going through the house looking for what they thought was a treasure that he never had, that he had a fortune, he didn't have it. And then we'd always heard and in, in, in alert here, you know, trigger alert that he'd been fucked to death by a lead dildo, and that that's that they just. Fucked him with a lead giant lead dildo. And that's how he died in 1968. Well, come to find out that Turner Classic Movies was talking about, and they said that the the rumors you heard wasn't true, that he had choked on his own vomit after they had cracked his skull. And sadly, because in 1968, it wasn't considered that bad to kill a homo, I guess, the men only got two years each. Ah. And then they were out on the streets again. And they both had other they raped other people and, did, and they ended up back in prison and one just died in 2016 and the other died in t- 2004 so it's but it's 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 the raymond navarro story is just fascinating and watching his movies the um i did the student prince of old, old heidelberg where he's german <laughs> doesn't make any sense um but then uh, also the ben Hur, the original silent ben Hur, the cecil b demille version um so I just had a really good
1: time sinking into Raymond Navarro. And also, I, I guess many people know this, but, you know, Hollywood was a pretty gay place up until about 1933. You know, yeah. the top box of a star of the time, 1931, really? was yeah. Bill H- William Haynes. Yeah. You know, and he was openly gay. And lesbians were running the studios, you know, Ali Nazimova. I mean, it was... There, there, there was, was the no... knitting
0: circle, the very famous knitting circle with Agnes no. Moorhead and Barbara Stanwyck, and uh, who's no. the um, the voice of Reagan in The Exorcist, Mercedes McCain Bridge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ida Lupino. Yeah. Oh well, no, not Sorry. Ida. So it was a lost era and a lost time. Number two. Number two. The Razzies. Unlike the Oscars, the the Razzies come before the Oscars. And unlike the Oscars, which are supposed to reward excellence, uh, the Razzies reward awfulness. And uh, this year, the number one most nominated movie with a sweep. It's actually the film of the Lady Diana musical. Yeah, Princess Diana. Yes. That's on Netflix. The the musical that
0: I loved and you hated. Yes. I thought it's the new Showgirls. I thought I enjoyed every minute of it. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the the song with the the photographers? uh, Click goes, click goes the camera, click goes the
1: camera. Something like that. It was just terrible. It really was. I think it's still streaming on Netflix, right? I mean, you know. I mean, I think there's a good point here that, like, in the pantheon of media... There's a place for the good and the bad, and it, of course, it matters. But I think it's all, it engages us all, and it's all. Well, if you
0: remember, there have been some very famous Razzies. Sandra Bullock won um, the Oscar for The Blind Side, and she won the Razzie the same year, and she went to both ceremonies. And uh, I think it was we need to talk, or it was something with Steve Carell. I can't remember that. Do you remember? Anyway, I can't anyway the title. she brought it. She brought a wagon full of DVDs of the movies she won for, and passed them out to everybody. She was a very good, good sport, good sport about it. And then also, uh, Halle Berry, I think, won for Catwoman, and she, she showed did. up. And right. yeah, so
1: if you treat it like it's it just it's it's good fun, then it's okay. And I'm just checking because I think the Razzies are actually going to be. You can watch them. I think. But the other bit of news about the Razzies is Bruce Willis has his own category. Oh, He's hysterical. nominated. Five or six times every, for all of his roles in movies recently.
0: Well, I don't know if you know this, but he did 18 movies
1: last year.
0: He, just, yeah. like, he's, he did eight so far this year, and he's got another four coming out. <clears throat> They're all like, would, they would have been straight to video, you know, in a, a former right. age. It's... But because of streaming, he just does, works with this company. He goes on set for one or two days, gets paid $10 million, and he does one after the other after the other.
2: But st- And statistically speaking, if you do that many movies, there's got to be a few Razzies in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Statistically speaking. Maybe a few Oscars, too. An Oscar a Razzie, an Oscar a Razzie. Um,
1: all right. RuPaul's Drag Race UK versus the World is streaming now on BBC3 in the UK on WOW Presents Plus everywhere else. Sign up for WOW Presents Plus at wowpresentsplus.com. And, of course, catch Season 14 of RuPaul's Drag Race tonight, 8 p.m. VH1. When we come back, we'll reveal – I'm very excited about this very special guest we have. We'll reveal the number one thing this week that made us go wow. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders, Wow Report, things that make us go wow. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Fenton here with Tom and James St. James. And I'm very excited because we've been counting down the top ten things of the week that make us go wow. Wow. And we've reached number one,
3: number one,
1: and a super duper reveal. We're very excited to have with us this week, Ryan Raftery, because you are about to premiere the trial of Andy Warhol. And honey, you have come to the wrong place to talk about Andy Warhol because we're all obsessed. I love um, And this is so exciting. Tell us
3: all about the trial of Andy Warhol. Well, in, uh, in, in short, Andy Warhol is dead and on trial in the afterlife for essentially laying foundation for social media culture, which has led to the modern decay of our society. Uh, but it's a comedy uh, and it's yes. a musical, I promise you. But what, what, um, what, what inspired me was, I remember I was, I was scrolling Instagram and some account that I followed, the headline in his bio said, Andy Warhol was the world's first influencer. And I thought... That's kind of true. I guess he really was. And then I did an exhaustive amount of research. I know all three of you know a ton about Andy Warhol. I know James, I know you've met him. I, I don't know if the, if everyone has, has met him here. But um, I had such an incredible time researching him because it just it was infinitely fascinating for a million different reasons. And then the more your antenna go up, the more when you look around the world, his influence is everywhere. It's... So, it's- Andy's world and we're living in it. Right. I mean, first he invents
1: reality TV and then he
3: invents social
1: media and
3: all from his grave. You can I mean, everything from TMZ to The Real Housewives to Jeff Koons to the way a supermarket looks to the way certain um, to uh, to the way people present themselves online to Instagram itself to Twitter. I mean, for the longest time, he I mean, for over 20 years, he walked around the city with a camera around his neck and a tape recorder in his bag. And now we all walk around with cameras in our back pockets and tape recorders. And we document our lives ad nauseum. And I interviewed so many people, the guy, I don't know if you read the, the biography that came out uh, about a year and a half ago by Blake Gopnik, that the 800 and fi- oh, you have it there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of right. course he does. It's somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I interviewed him and I inter and I went to, I went, there it is. It's yeah. a big old doorstop. Um, I got to meet him and I got to interview him and ask him questions. When, and he is like a hardcore academic. And then I got to go to um, the museum in Pittsburgh and I got the very first post-COVID tour. And they spent all this time with me, obviously, because they haven't, they had not done it in a long time. And I got to look at the archives and just see, like, the the thing that I found most fascinating about them are the, you know, the time capsules. There are 610 of these boxes. And Warhol knew that people would be interested in it. Yes, he was an inveterate hoarder. But I think that he also knew that people were going to be interested in what he collected after he was gone. And I found that to be fascinating. And they haven't even gotten one quarter of the way into inventorying those boxes. So that's, fascinating but i remember i was at a dinner with some other friends who um do what i do and i said oh i'm working on an andy warhol musical and they said how are you going to make andy warhol sing i was like well guess what martha stewart couldn't sing and anna wintour and all the other people i've played on 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 stage well, I,
0: I do want to sort of talk about that a little bit because um th- I don't, for people who don't know you, you do these sort of one man show, one person shows, but they are there. There's people in it, but it's essentially it's you singing and monologuing as a character. And you have done, let me see, you've done Anna Wintour, very famously. Um, You did Ivanka Trump. You did Andy Cohen. You did. um, uh, What Martha Stewart,
3: Calvin Klein and Martha Stewart,
0: Calvin Klein. Yes. Yes. And, um, uh, it's funny the way people react to these shows and why then the people who have actually are being skewered uh, yeah. have sometimes uh,
3: didn't Anna Winter send her daughter to check it out. <laughs> yeah, her daughter, Her daughter came opening night and that was the first time I had ever, that was my very first show. And I did not expect, I mean, I had been doing these little shows in New York and very, very, very incrementally getting a little bit of an audience to, luckily come follow me. And then when I did that show, her daughter came to opening night and then the New York times happened to like he- hear about it. And then I remember her daughter, Instagrammed a photo of us and then it got press in 12 countries. So it, <laughs> it got a whole new level of attention on me. And then. And then you was... saw her, you ran into Anna in an elevator, right?
0: I in, did in, run in into Anna in
3: an elevator. And I got into, I was I on an audition and I got into the elevator and I kid, I mean, this sounds made up, but I got into the elevator and it was just the two of us alone. And of course <laughs> he's, he's unmistakable. And I said to her, I said, hi, Anna. And mind you, we're on like the 14th floor. So we've got like, you know, about the elevator together. <laughs> and she literally, she looks up, uh, she was on her BlackBerry and I said, hi, Anna. And she looked up at me behind the sunglasses. And she just said, of course. And then she went back down to her uh, Blackberry. And I said, I said, do you know who I am? And she just went, the musical, without taking her eyes up. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you for donating your sunglasses to our charity auction. And she said, of course. The elevator got to the <laughs> main floor and she got out. And I never said another word. And I m- mentioned that story to a, someone who knows her. And they said, that is about as good... As an interaction as you're going to get, so you as well I, as it can possibly have gone. I think uh, Anna has
1: been cruelly misjudged by by pop culture, and I think that she's a. I made the mistake. Of, we we did a film about Vogue and the editors at Vogue, and in the press, doing all the press, everyone was like, "What is she like?" And they want to hear stories of the the ice goddess, you know. Yeah. And I said, I "Oh no, she's like a Furby." And yeah. that went viral because, you know, it's like a furry. <laughs> she's kind of I found her warmer and funnier than than I expected. And I, I think- just
3: I think that she is extraordinarily decisive and a private person. But yes. in my research, there's always with all of these people, I always like to say that the skeleton of the story is true. But the musculature is all conjecture. Like I make it funny because I'm a comedian. But whenever I'm researching these people, you always want to find something real to hold on to like, what makes this person tick? And everyone says, you know, Oh, what makes Anna Wintour like that? And in my research, what I imagined and it's hinted at in the uh, September issue is that her father, um, never really believed in her and her siblings are very, very, very um, serious people. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see me, but, um, they all think that fashion is kind of funny and I think that maybe it's that insecurity granted this is conjecture I'm just I'm just guessing. But I want to run something by you. I mean, do you think there's a similarity
1: between uh, Anna Wintour and Andy Warhol? They share the same initials and I think that they're both similarly almost shy or in- <sighs> introspective.
3: Well, yeah, but and, and to your point like Andy think about the, you know, what everybody that I interviewed who knew Andy said that Andy was only really interested in you for three reasons. You were either very rich, very attractive, or you were a very good talker. And that that's because he grew up dirt poor, he thought he was ugly, and he was painfully shy. So he was constantly looking for this kind of... Um, he was kind of even what he said about Edie Sedgwick in his in his in the philosophy of Andy Warhol. He refers to her by the name of Taxi. And he says, you know, Taxi had more problems than anybody had ever met in my life. And he was so fascinated by Edie. And she's a character in the show. And, you know, he gets to because the show takes place in the afterlife. I've gotten to write these scenes between Andy Warhol and Jean-Michel Basquiat and these scenes between Andy Warhol and Edie Sedgwick, who have not seen each other, obviously, since they died.
0: Well, That's wait right. a minute. That's the one thing that I, on when we had a little interaction the other day, when you were talking about that, uh, about Andy's relationship with Basquiat, right. and saying that after um, Basquiat felt burned by the, the Shafrazi show and mm-hmm. they never spoke again. And I was saying that I was at that Shafrazi show and I remember very vividly. The, their interactions but I didn't realize that they were not that's one of those things that I had no idea about that they stopped speaking after that
3: well it certainly fractured their their friendship I mean Warhol The, the as the legend goes um, Warhol um, took a Polaroid of the two of them like a selfie Andy being the grandfather of the selfie. And then he handed Basquiat the Polaroid and Basquiat disappeared for two hours and came back with that painting, which was called Dos Capesas. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but he did a painting of himself and Andy Warhol. And he came back two hours later and Warhol was like, you just did this now? And he was fascinated with him ever since. Because, you know, Andy also said constantly, he goes, I want to be a machine. as, as much As machine-like as I can be, that is what I want so the idea that that basquiat could turn out a painting that quickly there was a fascination there but but the thing that i find so fascinating about jean michel basquiat is that the hit, the narrative that's been written about him is completely false i mean yes he did live in tompkins square park sleeping on Uh, park benches yes he was homeless that was by his own his own choice he came from a middle class family he was he went to private school he spoke three languages he was very well read very well versed in poetry and jazz music but he had a father he had a mother who suffered from mental illness he had a father who was very big into corporal punishment and his father wanted him to be a businessman he obviously didn't want to do that he got very into the downtown scene he was djing at the mud club and like he he was obviously exploring the artistic Side of him, and he started spray painting. But he, I mean, yes, he was a graffiti artist, but it was poetry. It was he was expressing himself in a very new and exciting way. So when when he started to become famous, I think it was easy for the media to say, "Oh, he look at this like brilliant street urchin." But it really wasn't that he was it, his his path was chosen, and I think he did it because he wanted to express himself. But Warhol was like a father to him because Basquiat's father was, you know, e- even though. um They were estranged. Like his father, there was this famous story where Basquiat, I forget which restaurant he was in, but he was in an expensive restaurant. His father was there with business associates and he went over to his father and his father wouldn't look up. So Andy Andy kind of became this father figure to him. He tried to get Jean-Michel to stop taking drugs. He tried to get him to Mm. paint more. Um, And then... You know, Andy, if you see video of them together, like Andy always has his arm around him. It's a very kind of avuncular kind of love. Obviously, it wasn't a romantic thing. But when I, I think that Basquiat felt used when the reviews for that show came out and the New York Times said, oh, it's another one of Warhol's manipulations. Basquiat is his mascot. That really set him off. And they never their relationship never really, really um but the pictures are so good. I love those pictures, they're I masterpieces, mean, they're... They're masterpieces yeah. now. But the art scene, they, there was not. I, I looked, trust me, there is not a single positive review of that show. I and wish I had some. I remember that show. I wish yeah. I had. I mean, I was living on
1: 635 East 9th Street on the sixth floor with zero I money. I know, it would have been so great to
3: buy one, right? They did so much, it's one tenth of Basquiat's entire. Um, body of work. That's how much they painted together. And Andy, a lot of people don't remember, Andy had not painted by hand in years at this point. He was just, he has been silk screening all like for at least a good seven, eight years. He had not picked up a paintbrush and Basquiat inspired him to do that. And they had this really, really, really incredible relationship for two years. And then the reviews ruined it. And then Andy died in 87. Basquiat died a year and a half later. Keith Haring a year after him. So, I mean, it was like this three years of, like, this intense loss in the art world. Can we do a deal right now to make this into a film? Right now, here, let's do it.
1: (laughs) I I don't want people listening to this show and then, like hearing, reading all about the fifth has been snapped up. To- You've got it. Hey, you right. right. We have to sort of wrap up a little bit.
0: I wanted to um, ask if you'd seen on the, the podcast where Joey Arias is talking about doing uh, uh, the Andy Warhol thing, and Andy yes. was watching, and afterwards he, he said... Anne Magnuson did so well as the dead girl. Yes. You wouldn't even say Edie Sedgwick's name, which I think I, is- to, I
3: heard that story on, on your podcast and then yeah. he went to the movies. I love that story how um, Joey Arias and, went, and Andy went to the movies together. As soon as the lights <laughs> went down, Andy falls asleep and he wakes up at the end. He goes, that was the best movie I'd ever seen. It's <laughs> so like refuses to admit well- that he was sleeping.
0: So tell us where we can see uh th- this and where and when and uh, all the the deets.
3: Yes, it on um, the the trial of Andy Warhol opens at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater Sunday February 20th. We run through March 12th and you can get tickets at joespub.com and I hope that you guys maybe you'll find yourself in New York. I'm, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to come see it. I'm, I swear. Like, I, I, I wait. think you would love it. Hey, if you, if you want, we can go out. I'll go, I'll go out as Andy and I'll talk to you as Andy. People have asked me to do that already, which I think you is can the worst. find time to go to the theater, but you can't find time to do my damn podcast. <laughs> I cannot believe <laughs> you said
1: it, Bailey.
2: I <laughs> see Andy Warhol cameos in your future. Oh, just know.
1: Know. Right oh Yeah. There.
3: People well that's mad- right i
1: i love the recreation of the of the andy and Jean paul picture and oh, you yeah. make a great andy i think you look awesome i'm
3: just oh, sorry i never
0: got to see ivanka because i would love to see you as ivanka trump that would be that was you epic. know what
3: that was the that was the first time i had ever done full drag and it was painful you'll <laughs> be glad to no drag damage. race in your future Oh man, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I think America would hate me because um, I, I, I would complain about the heels and I and I wear those little platforms, which is I know it's it's like cheating, but, um, but I, I had a great time doing that show and unfortunately got cut um, short because of COVID. But it was all about the lead up to the election and how Ivanka. It was kind of like the Manchurian Candidate. Ivanka was having her brain controlled from Moscow and they were going to install their first American president, well controlled by the, the Russians. It was a lot of fun, but. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back. Oh, that's the great thing about all these shows—they can all come back. Well, it's all true.
1: That's the other thing about that particular show. Yeah, <laughs> Ivanka's <laughs>
3: the second movie. Okay. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, I'm, but- I'm, a, I'm a very pretty, I'm a very pretty blonde. I assure you. <laughs> thank oh, you for man, joining no. us. You have to come back. You have to come back sometime. Thank you time. so we much. Time. I'm such a fan of all of yours, and thank you so much for having me on. Ryan, all you're awesome. Ryan thank you. Thank, thank you, you. thank you, Tom. Thank
1: you, James. Thanks to you for tuning to the Report on Radio and Sirius XM previous episodes on our youtube channel wow presents same time same place next week until then go out and do something that makes the world go wow